0: Hey everybody, welcome to Hearts of Men. This is episode 33 and what a significant number for me. You guys know earlier on in my podcast, I had an episode on the calling out to the Lord, Jeremiah 33.3 3, and that number has been significant. Anyhow, I just thought that was interesting and it's June 30th, I believe, uh, Tuesday. I'm excited in today's episode, we're gonna be interviewing a man by the name of Dennis Aldi. And um, Dennis is a pastor, he's a father, he's a husband. And we're gonna be talking about what is the greatest battle facing men today and how can we walk in authentic manhood as fathers and husbands being engaged emotionally and spiritually with our family. So I'm excited to be interviewing Dennis and I'm glad that you are tuning in today. It'll be great. Hey Dennis, are we there? Yes. Okay, okay. That's, that's much better. So we're gonna just actually start over. This is Dennis, and we had a little five-minute conversation before we got cut off. This is part of the fun. I'm struggling of...
1: to hear you right now, Scott. Give me one second.
0: All right, check one, two, three. Just let me know when I when I sound strong
1: to you. Say something. Can you hear me?
0: Yeah. Check one, two, three. I can
1: hear you loud and clear. Um, what about me? You know, you're very quiet for some reason, all of a sudden. I'm not sure why. That's weird. Was Louder it? when we tried before, but.
0: Okay. Yeah, I can talk louder. I'm right up to the phone here, uh, but we can, uh, I can talk a little bit louder if that helps.
1: Um, yeah. Let me see if I can find any volume on my end as well. Yeah, you sound really clear on my end. Okay. Well, I, I, I don't know why, but I'm not hearing great. But um... okay,
0: I'll try to uh, I'll try to, to talk a little louder. Um, and one of the um, mantras of this podcast is I often say it's raw, it's real and it's relevant. And <laughs> <laughs> right, right now this is raw, and but you know honestly, um, that's the story of probably your life and my life is that we Absolutely. don't do, sh- sugarcoat things, and we'll just do our best. You were you were talking, we're starting over here. This is uh, Dennis, is a is a pastor, a, a husband, and a father. Has uh, been in ministry for many years, and just uh, we've not officially met in person, but when I spoke with Dennis a couple of years back. We had a great conversation. This is the kind of guy that I want to sit down and have coffee with. He's the kind of guy I want to, I want to have a bonfire with and just get to know. And so I, I'm convinced that we're going to make, meet face to face soon enough. Yeah. Um, but Dennis was just sharing a little. You were sharing a little bit about encountering the love of God and how it became real to you. Maybe you could kind of just yep. summarize a little bit of what you were saying uh, in that, yeah. because I think it was really significant.
1: Yeah. Well, it, it radically changed my life. I you know, grew up in a Christian home, loving Jesus and could quote Bible verses of how much God loved me, but when I encountered the Lord Jesus himself, and he told me that he liked what he made when he made me, and, and, and spoke his unconditional love to me, it, it did, it made me, you could ask my wife, it made me a different man on the earth, Uh, had spent much of my life looking to see who I liked, and how I wanted to please them, so they would like me, and, it radically just altered all of my fear of men and, and, and those types of things and really set me free to be Dennis, which was a wow. kind of a crazy idea that God liked Dennis when he made Dennis and wants, you know, my job in life is to be Dennis. And, um, and so, yeah, it was powerful. Um, so I, I was just sharing today. Pastor, church, all, and but this love of God message has probably been the greatest reality mm. and message uh, that I live. My wife, that we teach on, we teach marriage classes and parenting class, disciple young men, and over and over, I'm constantly telling them, Every day, you've got to get up and ask about me today. You know, did I if Mm. if you just failed, you're up and you're saying, oh, I'm in such failure mode right now. Do you how do you think about me right now, Lord? How do I move forward? And and it's it's just been powerful. I can't stress it enough, but it's also like we all grew up hearing it. So we all kind of like, oh, yeah, I know God loves me. Let's move on to some deep revelation. And uh, I think we often miss a lot of the heart of the father for us in trying to go to something deeper rather than just dwelling like manna each day, eating on the the revelation of his love for us. Man, that's so true.
0: And and so, so good. And honestly, that's one of the things that I felt motivated um, when I was starting this, this podcast as a, as a local pastor and a husband and a father in in my forties, just realizing how much fatherlessness, how much um, lack of, of understanding of the Father, God the Father, in yeah. a lot of our lives, especially even as, as, as churchgoers or Christians or people like you said, like yourself, like myself as well. I remember the same kind of thing at 18 or 19. And for the first time in my life, I grew up as a missionary kid, but I for the first time in my life encountered the actual love yeah. of God in a way that that just melt melted me, you know. Yeah. And I know that podcast, yeah. you said, you know. Um, I, we, I feel like this is really, really important because there's a lot of men listening that, that, that either had absent fathers, uh, physically absent or fathers that were emotionally and spiritually absent. And I I would venture to say that 90 plus percent of us that have grown up in the church have experienced, uh, that in our lives. And so I think you're your story and what you do and the reason you do it, I think is incredibly inspiring. And, and um, you know, and and one of the things that that I felt um, motivated to talk about a little bit to hear today, what do you feel like? um, And this can be interwoven into your story and and what Mm -hmm. you're doing, but what is, what are some of the greatest battles in 2021 that mm-hmm. men, fathers, and husbands? This, this podcast specifically, we try to aim at men 20 to 50, guys that are, yeah. you know, coming out of college, or guys that are in their 40s that have have kids, and guys that are just sort of in that, you know, that that journey um, of trying to understand what does it mean to be an authentic man. Um, yeah. And just so you know as well, Dennis, I, I part of my heart in this podcast, I, I welcome anybody from uh, even those atheists are from different faiths and different backgrounds and so occasionally we have people that tune in that that aren't christians and so but i make it i make it clear that this is i'm approaching authentic manhood from a biblical uh worldview and uh from jesus is my model and so we don't shy back from declaring the truth that we uh adhere to and yet we we don't want people to feel like that you know how it is sometimes in the church it's like well you don't feel welcome and we want everyone to feel welcome so Anyhow, but what are, what are, from your perspective, from what you do and what you see and what you deal with, what do you feel like are some of the greatest battles that that men are facing uh, today?
1: Yeah. You know, that's a, an incredible question. You, you, And really, I think you answered it. So I'm going to agree with you. yeah. <laughs> you Where know, men are attacked in every, from every side right now, there's such an onslaught you know it's, it's against every person, but uh, you know, women, children, men. But men, we were created in this image of God, so much coming against us, understanding that and walking in it. But I, I would kind of say that some of those greatest battles it has to be with just this don't give, you know, we're, we're so tempted to give up and not engage. And, and what I say when I say not engage men are engaged. It's just in. And and you know, that role of husband, that role of father. We grew up, like you said, so many, we didn't have that engaging father. So how do you go be that when you've never seen it? That's and right. we 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 embraced, but and, and it's not because our hearts are wrong or evil or whatever, sinful. It's because we haven't seen the picture of how to do it. And so when, you know, when a man doesn't know how to do something, he hires it out, (laughs) you know, it's not often that we take the time and effort to go dig and practice and fail and learn, you know, learn. And so that engaging our hearts, I would say it a bunch of different ways. You know, I tell stories, we, uh, we do a lot of marriage coaching. I, I call it coaching, not counseling. And, you know, without a doubt, my wife and I are there with him, and we listen, and she's longing for this connection. And and he's mm-hmm. like, well, you know, I, I'm paying the bills, and I'm working like crazy, and I'm doing all this to say I love you. But what mm-hmm. she is saying is, you must not love me. And and he's looking at his wife, and he's going, what do you mean? Look at all the, you know, here's my list of things marriage was that way for quite a few years until I, I began to know that God loved me. And until I realized that my greatest desire was to feel a connection with, with the Lord, with my wife, with my children. And when you, when you don't even know what that connection is, it's like, what does connected mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, we men will try so many things we, you know, and our, our quick story in our marriage was I came home, my wife was crying on the couch and she says uh, I don't feel connected to you, and I'm like, well baby tell me what I need to do, I'd love to connect you know, and she says, well maybe when you'd help me do the dishes each day, And so I start coming home every afternoon after work and man, I'm helping doing the dishes and six weeks goes by or sometime and I come home and she's She's sad and crying, and I'm like, baby, what's the matter? So well, I just still don't feel connected. And so I'm thinking, now, wait a minute. I, I'm doing the dishes. <laughs> what, what more is there to do? Mm. And it's, it's help with the trash, you know, and the list could go on. And my wife and I begin to realize that, and, and men look from it from this perspective, you know, well, I'm doing all these physical things, but there's still not this connection. And I had to say, I didn't even know what the connection was. But over time, the Lord let me know I wasn't having it. And when all that happens, we are just so tempted to disengage because we don't know what to do. It's not that we don't want it. And so that's this battle. One of the greatest ones I see men is having is, yeah, our kids want something from us, but we don't know what it is and how do we give it? Our wife wants this thing called connectedness from it. Engaged. We become even better at work because there we're trying out business or whatever. You know, you work at the power company, you're working hard, you're succeeding, you're getting promotions and we go home. And we find I'm out it's not working. Uh, our connectedness isn't working. So that temptation to uh, not engage. And when I say engage, I say again, engaging in the priorities that matter most we're great at it give us a football game or you know or whatever that thing is we're so focused but we can't catch this relational priority with our wife sometimes or with our children and so uh you know it's it's just easier to go to work it's easier to operate off rules rather than relationships so i definitely think that's one of the hardest thing and and then i'll say this i think uh this is sad for me and and we can talk some more but uh it seems like tech as one like we're getting to connect and have this conversation right here uh and our bum are bombarded chill with distractions that even hold us back from finding out how to engage in those husband-wife relationships you know it's just easier to get on our phone that's right that's right. Easier. That's right. These things are so much easier, yeah. and the work to engage yes. it, it, it feels impossible to us because we'll try it a little yes. bit, and then our wife comes in and says, Honey, I don't feel connected. And we're like, Ah, oh, I've been working so hard at this. How can you not feel it? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. That's wow. I think men are just hit everywhere from that. So, we're just so tempted to disengage at home. That's what we probably saw in our own homes. You know Dad was more in focus on working because he loved us. he wanted to pay and provide for us. these aren't evil things you know but yeah that 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 engagement is a serious issue that that we're facing today that's really good and you said a lot of
0: things in there that jumped out to me, but um yeah. I think one of the things that the engaging in priorities that matter the most yeah. and uh, the relational priority and I, I'm sure you can. You know, I, I'm. I've been a pastor for seven years, and, you know, I, I have to say that it's, you know, one of the sad things that I've been learning, even at 44, is that it's much easier to minister to people in my congregation mm-hmm. than often it is. And you just spoke to that. And yeah. I think that I think that is that is a dilemma that uh, is worth um, unpacking, and it's worth us. Ah, uh, trying to figure out, trying to get to those um, emotional um, places of neglect that maybe I, I know for myself, and even in this season of my life, I've been learning a lot about um, how I grew up and how I was wired, and in, in some of the what I would call—I did an episode on this a while back—emotional abandonment, even.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, and
0: I—I I, I had a good family. Like I had a mission. My, my yeah. dad was a missionary. And my dad was a, you know, a hard worker, and he was a loving guy, um, and yet. You know, he was really disconnected uh, in a lot of ways from that yeah. emotional and spiritual initiation or engagement. And yeah. so here I am with four kids, you know, uh, ranging from five to 13 going, what in the world? Why now? I in, I'm in ministry, God, I'm, I'm doing all this stuff. And yet it's really, really difficult. Why am I feeling this temptation to pull away from them, you know, rather than pull towards them? I'm preaching these things on Sundays. I'm trying to walk this out with people. And so I feel, you know, just to be be raw, like it's it's a real challenge that, that I'm walking and trying to walk out. And I just recently talked to a good friend, actually, just morning, same kind of thing. You know, his kids are walking away from the Lord and here he's been in ministry all these years and, and doing the right stuff. And yet finally realizing that the ministry became an idol. The ministry became something that we ran to. We yeah. thought that was the right thing. We thought that yeah. we were prioritizing God yeah. Yeah. and our family. So I, I just, you know, I think this is, is uh, where, the, uh, the, where it all comes down to it and how we, but how do we, so how do we, in, since we haven't learned and we're struggling yeah. to learn, what, what are some practical things that you can say to help men actually learn to engage you, yeah. you know, you mentioned, hey, I'm, do, I'm doing the dishes, baby. I'm doing these right, things. Right. But yet that's not that's not what she really was wanting. Sure, that's nice. That's helpful. But, but what are some practical steps that you help men understand that that, that is relatable for, for us? Yeah,
1: yeah, I, I, that is. Well, this is really such a good thing to talk about. I, I appreciate your heart and hear you because I I struggle with the same things I do. You know, and I have right now four children at home. They range from Mm. 25 to 18 and their hearts, we, you know, three at this young adults with jobs and thoughts and, you know, dreams. And I'm, man, it's just like, Lord, I'm exhausted. How do I connect again today they there? But they have real struggles and they still need a father. Yes. You know, you know I'll, I'll say this. You say, what are the practicals? I'll, I'll give a couple in my mind. One is I think it's great for men to actually really identify that you're not doing it well, that it's a struggle for you. And, and for me, like I, I tell most people, for the first seven years or so of my marriage, I had no idea I wasn't connecting. I wasn't even aware of my own need to connect emotionally. And so, when I, you know, my wife and I, it, as it was happening, we're just struggling and, and even arguing. And, and I'm in this conversation and it just hits me. I don't feel connected. I, I was like, I want that too. Never before had I even realized that I wanted to feel something more than just when we were physically intimate. More than just when I, you know, she was telling me how awesome I am. And, And so I would just say, begin to pray a prayer. Lord, in all your mercy and grace, let me understand my own need to be connected to my wife and children. That this is a part of what I need to sustain. Not just what I'm the dad, I'm the husband, I have to provide this for my own children and my wife. So, so the first thing is just pray that prayer. It's a simple prayer. Lord, I need to be in touch with my need for a connectedness of heart to my wife and children, that that's going to build me up somehow. Uh, the second thing I would probably do is at some point in time, I would go to my wife and my children. I would say, hey, I got to be honest. And we probably are doing this one. I recognize I don't know how to do this but I'll make a commitment to you today. First, I'd ask them to forgive me that I just don't know how, not that I'm in sin. I just don't know how, but I would say, forgive me, but I make a commitment. I'm going to spend the rest of my life finding out how, and, and then do it. The, the next way I would say to begin, I tell people all the time, and it's, it's kind of funny, People that I spend, I, I'm, I'm, I spend a good bit of time with men that are just what you're saying. They're, they're in their 40s. They've got six kids, four kids, three kids. They've been married eight, 10, 12 years. And, and, and they're like, what do I do? What do I do? And I say, all right, I'm going to give you the magic words. And I kind of am joking, but I'm so serious. And I say, I want you to literally go home and do this. Find time in the day to look at your wife and use these magic words, honey, what are you thinking today? And then don't say another word and just listen and, and literally just try to pay attention to what their heart is saying, not their mouth, you know? And, and we've seen these YouTube videos. My wife has shown them to and We were doing a marriage intensive not long ago and, And uh, we reminded the seven couples that were there. um, There's a lady with a nail in her forehead and she's just saying, Lord, you know, talking to her husband. He's like, she's like, I don't know what the problem is. I need help. And he's like, you know, can we just take the nail out? And she keeps getting angry at him because he just wants to pull the nail out. But finally, he realizes he just needs to go, oh, I bet that's real difficult. And it sounds like this gimmick that we're being fake or something like that. But no, they really are magic words. I I can't tell you how often with my children from the age of years old old, till I got a 25 year old now that I I purposefully go and find those moments. And they don't have to be three hours. I mean, they can be three minute moments. And I say, so tell me what you're today. I want to know what they're thinking in this moment. I want to connect with your heart right now. And sometimes it's the wrong time, and they're busy, and they got it. And, and that's fine. I'm not offended. I'm not offended. I'm, I'm always wanting to look at it so hard. I, I have seasons where I do this good with my life. And then, you know, everything gets busy and we're busy and we got these things we're trying to accomplish. And like you say, church and mm. ends and job and, and we forget. And, and so that most practical thing I would say is that is, is sit down, and set aside 20 minutes, two hours, if you have it with your wife, but 20 minutes and say, tell me what you're thinking today. And, then, you know, we've, we've all heard it. Don't just go <laughs> I hear right. you. I hear That's you. That ought be hard. And then if you're praying that first prayer I mentioned about connecting with your own heart, be something you say, Well, can I tell you what I'm thinking? And it may be, but it, now don't break in and interrupt to tell what you're thinking. But literally after that person has had a full chance to just kind of unwind and un- with what they're thinking and in their heart to you, they'll probably ask you, or you'll be able to say, well, you know, here's what I've really been thinking about. And all of a sudden you look into your own heart and you realize that the truth is is you you were in this meeting today and you needed to say something that you felt you should say, but you didn't want to be confrontational and you were full of fear and 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 you just didn't know what to do. So you just didn't say anything. It's the right thing. And you just share it. Hmm. And and it's, again, it's not that we have but, the solutions to these issues but we're letting our hearts connect we're let we're hearing yeah. the heart i'll say one other thing my wife she was for me it's been a couple of years ago again we do a lot of marriage coaching and stuff with families and all this um, this was a totally it wasn't a christian from a biblical worldview or, or whatever study that was done and on couples that stay together and they, the number one thing that they get together, there. And from this perspective was that couples that attune to one another mm. and, and basically they Good. just listen and appreciate what the other one's thinking and feeling. And yeah, sometimes it calls, well, let's take this action to do, to, but it, the, the heart of it is, and understanding where somebody is huge, it really is, and, and it can be so practical, it doesn't have to be this theological thing. So, we actually can do it. That's the thing. Uh, it is doable to say, Hey, what are you, what are, sweetheart, what have you been thinking? Of? I bet you had a busy day, and then you just be quiet and listen. That's really good. Um, those three
0: three practical steps that you just mentioned, starting off with just praying a prayer and um, asking, you know, asking God to help, help us as men uh, to know, to be connected, to be connected first. uh, You know, I think a lot of men don't feel connected themselves, as you said, um, as we've been talking about to the father. And so there's sort of this attempt to try to figure out, you know, um, how do I, how do I solve or take care of the other problems so that we see everything as a As a problem, because even we approach our relationship with God that way, like, you know, there's a problem to fix versus an intimate, close relationship as a father and a son would have, and most of us have not had that, and so it's a struggle. And then secondly, you said, you know, just to be honest, to approach your family as a uh, a sort of in in humility um, with a sense of owning that, hey… I'm not great at this, but I want you guys to know that I'm gonna commit myself. This you matter so much to me that I'm gonna commit the rest of my life to working on this every day. And then practically the magic words of of honey, what are you yeah. thinking? What are you what are you feeling today? So, guys, I just want to encourage you to to put that into practice. I think this yeah. this is is great, simple, profound wisdom that will uh will change. And and I was going to say as well that I I think one of the hard things I know I deal with and probably all of us do, um, sometimes it's hard for me when my wife asks me, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? I sometimes have a hard time describing, for example, if I'm dealing with anger or if I'm dealing with uh, disappointment, I have a hard time actually putting my finger on what I'm feeling or what I'm thinking and so you might be uh, as men, you might be feeling like, yeah, I can ask her and she can talk a lot because women tend to just have more of a natural ability to kind of share their thought their thoughts or their feelings. But when it comes your turn, you're struggling wow. to even know how to be co- connected to your own heart. And totally. so that's an ongoing journey. It's not, but 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 I wonder if, you know, as we're talking to you, obviously here, men put this in play for your wives, but but what about what about the men that do feel that they don't even understand what they're feeling? They don't understand what's going on inside. They don't even know how to talk about it. Right. You know, what, what would you, what would you say maybe to, to, to that issue, to those that are struggling in that way to even. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, no, that that's, that is, I would tell you, I'm convinced that's probably literally the biggest issue that the men deal with. We would happily share it if we just knew how or what it is. Again, for me, seven years, I had no idea even what was going on in my heart. How much less could I ever have connected or shared it with me? But but my answers were literally when I prayed that prayer prayer that I mentioned a a minute ago, I really believe Jesus will answer. it. He will. Over time, if you won't give up on that prayer, I believe you're going to be sitting there with your wife one day and just words are going to come to your mind of what you're feeling. And you're going to go, Whoa, wait a minute. I've never felt that before. Uh, this, this is odd. And all of a sudden you're just going to say, sweetheart, this is odd, but I can, I just share what it's in my mind all of a sudden. The Lord answer that prayer. Now I'll say this is as nice as I can, so to speak, you know, Men, we often pray a prayer, and then about six years later, we think about it again, and 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 we say it one more. Yeah, I'm saying daily as a part of your quiet time, whatever that quiet time is. Driving to work, Lord, Lord, I am not connected with my heart. Would, and I'll tell you, the answer is going to be you're going to start to hear the Lord say things about you. And that is what's going to connect your heart and you with the language of what's going on in your heart. I I tell men all the time when I see them, I'm like, Hey, yeah, what's going on? We kind of talk for a minute and then I say, well, will the Lord tell you what he thought about you today? And I finally, they're like, well, I didn't hear anything. I'm like, okay, let me ask. Can I be honest? Yeah. I said, will you be honest with me? And they're like, I'll try. And I said, are you scared to death of the answer? And they always, every one of them says, yes, I'm, I'm so afraid he'll say, I, I don't have what it takes. Wow. And so, so they can't hear the answer. But if you will wow. listen to the answer from God the Father about what he thinks about you, that will begin to unlock your heart and you will connect with your own heart. And you will be waiting for the moments to connect with your wife and children's hearts. I, I said in all uh, humility, that is how you do it. You uh, tell you what he thinks of you and that will unlock your heart. The second thing, I would give one other practical piece of advice on it. And that was the first one I've taught just um, on that whole subject of what do you think about me today, God? But secondly, is we know this as men. A lot of us were athletes or, hunters or maybe not. Maybe you were just uh, good at computer games. I don't know. But everything we're good at for the most part practiced. And I, I tell young men and, and older men, I mean, even that I and just people in our fellowship, our community, friends, whatever you practice is what you get good at. So if you'll take that's the right. time and just say, honey, I don't know what to say, but I'm just going to say, the fir- I just had the thought of bananas. So will that work for today? And you're just practicing. You're practicing talking about what you feel and you may not feel anything. So you say today, I don't feel anything, but I am searching. And that's going back to that. When we went to our wife and kids and we said, forgive me, I promise I'm going to pursue it. Yeah. Your wife is going to see you way and oh her heart and that's wow. gonna unlock your heart I mean, i'm just saying we practice I, I tell my my friends you know if you go to the gym and you do squats with your legs all the time every day five you know, seven days a week five to three days a week how big do your biceps get and they don't grow because you hadn't been practicing or working them. your legs will be huge and so these little areas that we as men struggle with, we recognize that we're weak in, and especially this issue of connecting with my own heart to share it. Just try it. Just do it. Nike had it. Just do it. Just be be terrible at it. Just do it. Practice it. You will get better. And then the Lord's answering your prayers. He just, I believe, He answers. These are the prayers He's wanted to answer more than any others. Is to help a man yeah. connect with his heart that he can rightly love his children, so these emotional sure. connections are actually taking place now. So that's the wow. two things I would do, real practically.
0: That's really practical. That's really good. And, yeah. and as as you were, you were, were talking, I, I was thinking too, just just about um, sometimes the the reason that we don't want to hear that response uh, from God when we ask, and I think, I think a lot of us, a lot of men have dealt with and deal with shame, whether it's related to sexuality or related to, because uh, as you mentioned earlier, even the, uh, the addiction to technology, there's sort of the, whether the addiction to pornography or the addiction to lust or to, um, and, and generally most men have struggled with that to some degree. But I think, I think at the core of it, that we are afraid that God is disappointed. He is mad at us. Mm-hmm. He is not mm-hmm. happy. And and the truth is, is that we all make mistakes. And so how do we like, how do we live in this tension of wanting to do right and wanting to please the Lord? Knowing that you know that God does expect us and wants us to to walk in freedom, and yet mm-hmm. you know not hide things or not live in in sort of this this shame where you know like Adam in the garden. Yeah. Hey, where are you at, Adam? Oh, how did you yeah. you know? And, and, and so yeah. th- there's there's tension in that, and and I know none of us are going to be perfect at at this, but how do we? Because I feel like sometimes that, that if you can speak to to men that are dealing with shame, they're dealing with guilt and condemnation. Mm-hmm because of current struggles uh, even that they're having, yeah. they haven't, they haven't fully overcome or they haven't maybe right. gotten out of a certain thing. So uh, is there hope for, for men
1: um, in, oh. in that regards? Yeah. Well, yes, there is. Jesus is so amazing. Uh, uh, I, um, the answer to that question again would take a while. So I'm going to really think of a, a short way to say it. I, I'll, In my personal life, I was that guy. And I found out that Jesus loved me. And I know I keep going back to that and talking about how it transformed my life. So that was the foundation of it was when I was willing to to let him tell me what he thought about me. So I had to break in and listen. I did. Wow. Me. And again. And that's what kicked in for me. The book of Romans became so alive for me because, uh, and I'll just throw out some verses. Uh, Romans chapter 125, we believe the lie or we trade the lie for the truth and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator. All of a sudden, I realized the lies that I was believing about that I was identified by these weaknesses and these failures and these shortcomings and God saying that he likes me. He said, no, no, no. I know you failed, but you are my son. And there's a clear difference that we have to understand in our identity and our behavior. And, and this boils into our relationship with our wife, you know, she does things the behaviors that just frustrate me. And do I identify and relate to her based on the things that I don't like or annoy me or based on the fact that she's the a daughter of the king? She, you know, and so, but I be, the Lord began to let me actually put my to those verses. I think of Romans chapter eight, there is no condemnation. And I just begin to literally I got in front of the mirror. And my wife thought I was really losing my mind, but I do it regularly enough now to where she's used to it. I'd get in front of the mirror in the bathroom and I'd point my finger at myself and I'd get angry and I'd say, you know what? Condemnation for you. And I would wow. say it till I believed it. And I would demand that my spirit man rise up and believe it and mm-hmm. not give in to the shame and mm-hmm. renounce the, sh- you know, and then, then I think about, do you, you know what I believe is the ultimate humility is to agree with God, not to, Not to always act like, well, I'm just not, you know, I'm not, I can't do it. I'm just not good. That's not humility. That's actually very much pride. That there was absolutely save myself. I couldn't earn. I couldn't earn overcoming. I couldn't earn him having one good thought about me. And, and this was a guy that tech, actually, I was a very disciplined, that, my personality was a very disciplined, so I was in the Bible and praying and all these things, but yet still falling and failing and sin, yeah. not overcoming and the struggle, the tension that you mentioned. I just realized that in the book of Romans, uh, I'll summarize Romans, I, I believe it says that every human was born a sinner. And so what did we do to sin? Nothing. We were born. And so what do I do to be righteous? And when I say righteous, it's not 97% righteous on a good day and 38% righteous on a bad day. You know, a day I fail, I I go back down closer to 0% righteous. And on a day I had a good quiet time, I'm closer to 100. No, I believe there's an actual horizontal line. And if you're below it, you're a sinner. And when you receive Christ, you become, you re- it says in uh, Romans 1, 16 and 17, not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God for the transformation. But it says, and the righteousness of God is being revealed in me. Mm. Not my righteousness. Jesus righteousness. And I cannot find one ounce of a percent that is off in Jesus's righteousness. And that's what I got. I didn't get strength to work harder. I got a gift of righteousness. So the father looks at me, even right after I fail, I run to him. I repent. I say, Lord, I'm sorry. I did it again. And he goes, man, you're forgiven. And I can't stop seeing Jesus when I look at you. Wow. Because I gave you his righteousness. And so the book of Romans, uh, it, it lays out, what dealt with that tension for me so the humility that i mentioned is when a man goes and says there's nothing i can do and i just failed again what do you think about me and the lord looks at you and goes oh i really like you now i don't like what you did i don't but i like what i made when i made you and humility is to go really you do well okay i'm gonna act like you like me now that's humility when God, you know, I tell husbands and wives, you know, a wife, a husband looks at his wife and says, honey, you looking good today. And, you know, a wife goes, no, I don't. And so I would say that to my wife. she said, say, no, I don't. You have to say that because you're married to me. And I would go, you know what? You need to stop that pride right now. If I say I like you and you're looking good, guess what? I mean it. And you need to receive it and go, do I really? Well, thank you. I must be looking good. Because when God comes to us and he says, no, Dennis, when I made you big feet and all, you know, I liked that. And he comes to me and I'm in the middle of this struggle with sin. And I'm thinking of Romans chapter eight or seven. Paul says, why is it that I do what I don't want to do and I don't do what I do want to do? I mean, Paul had these same experiences. And it's this ability for God to go run to him out of Hebrews four in the middle of our sin and this great high priest is there and we're expecting him to shame us and goes, Oh no. Yeah. No, I don't like what you did. Don't do that. But man, I like who you are. I love your heart. I love what I made when I made you here. Let me, let me be with you. And shame just goes away. It does. And there's no condemnation. And no, I'm not good enough, but Jesus righteousness is enough for me. And that it, it's made me a slave to righteousness. That's Romans chapter four and three and five. And I, I know it, it's a lot I'm saying, but it, it changed my life. God liked me, and loved me. And then the scriptures came alive and it, it, it delivered me from being a slave to sin and made me a slave to righteousness out of the book of Romans. And yeah, wow. I failed. But my right standing with God is based on Jesus's righteousness, not mine. So I run right back in there to him right when I fail. And he just, he says, I like you, Dennis. Don't do that no more. That was wrong. You're right. I forgive you. Come on, let's keep going. And it takes humility to say, okay, God, I'll do that. I'll act like wow. I didn't do it. Not that I'm, I'm not in any way a false grace or. That I don't have to talk with the Lord about my sin. No, I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying Jesus made me righteous, and I can't find anything wrong with Jesus' righteousness that was given to me. Yeah. And it empowered me to begin to walk as a man. It did, and to connect, and and to deal with that struggle, and be honest, and share it with another brother. I mean, I'm I'm into the accountability that we're sharing with other men, and Confessing our sins and we're being healed, uh, uh, all of those things. So, wow, that's great. That's yeah powerful.
0: that is some some meat that we uh, need to to really really chew on. And I think, um, yeah, as, as we begin to feel as men that we are loved, we're enjoyed, and we're given some practical tools that you've mentioned of things that we mm-hmm. can do to connect with our wives and our family, and we also connect with god and what he thinks about us and and the righteousness of jesus the blood of jesus knowing that like that completely covers everything and and then we can also not have to run from when we do mess up simply acknowledge that you know seek his forgiveness and and move on um and not, not dwell upon those things and and then i think that those are practical things that that if uh if we would put into practice and begin yeah. dis- disciplining our, our, our hearts. Um, as you mentioned, there may be a lot of men, um, you know, are more disciplined, but they haven't learned to discipline their heart or their emotions yeah. To, yeah. to all of these things. And so I think that this has been really insightful because um, as we started off talking about what is one of the greatest battles, yeah. um, the whole, realm of spiritual connection with god and believing who he is and in the realm of connecting with our ourselves and our families um by far i believe as often we've quoted malachi 4 5 and 6 of the hearts yeah. of the fathers what what does that mean that last scripture of the old testament you know so significant of the hearts of the fathers turning to the children and vice versa uh, before the day of the Lord, I think it's so. So key that that He is call, calling us as men yes, to yes. rise up and take back land that has been stolen, and and Absolutely. we're going to do that. And I know that's why you do what 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 you're doing, and and so in, in encouraging to hear uh, the ministry that you guys have. And um, hmm. Dennis, I I think we have a lot to chew on. Uh, I just want to thank you um, so much for for sharing your heart, and you'll definitely be somebody that will bring on again. Because I think there are many topics that will continue to unfold, and so if you would be willing in the near future maybe to come back and continue to have some discussion on, on some incredibly significant – what is the episode uh, – or I'm sorry, the podcast? Give us a, the one that you um,
1: do so people can know as well. Uh, t- is it Turning Points or Turning Hearts? I it's, can't remember. It's, yeah, it's, it's Turning Hearts podcast so uh turning hearts podcast yeah it's strictly out of that malachi four five and six that you awesome you mentioned there and yeah we uh me and another man by the name of ryan phillips have been doing that it's it's a joy and i appreciate it and scott i i just want to say the same back to you i i would love to to talk more come back on but what you're doing to encourage men the Lord is doing this. Uh, We are in a season where the Lord, I believe is calling forth men to rise up to, to do things. We just didn't know we could do even, but I'm telling you the the grace of God is available to us. Even when we don't know what to do, but just to step forward and and begin that process. And thank you so much for letting me be here uh, and uh, just share with you and, and talk and, so uh yeah what a blessing what a blessing oh you're
0: you're very welcome and uh again the, the pleasure is and I, I know there's there's listeners that uh are in different places it's interesting as you look you know how it goes you kind of check out where people listen from and it's it's been such a a surprising joy to know that there's other nations that people are 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 tuning in and listening and i i think right now even new zealand might be in second place with uh something like a 15 of listeners from and that that blows me away i might know a couple people in new zealand but you know um, the good thing about technology is is that I tell these guys like, please share. If you feel like this is good, if it's helpful to you, then give it away. You know, we, sp- yeah. we pour I know Dennis pours his heart out and uh, we, we spend time to sacrifice doing these episodes uh, so that many men that we don't even know can yeah. connect with it and hopefully find freedom and find places where they get, uh, get hope and encouragement. So um yeah. So, thanks again, Dennis, and uh, we will definitely be in touch. I appreciate you.
1: Have an awesome day. Yeah, you too, Scott. Bless you. Thank All you. All right. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye
0: bye. Wow. 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 Hey, guys, I hope that you were really encouraged by this episode with Dennis. What a great conversation. Please. Take this, run with it, apply it any way that you can. Thank you so much for listening and for tuning in to Hearts of Men. We will see you next time.